Welcome to the River City Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message delivered by Senior Pastor Robert Nelson. All right, can we all stand up right now and let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's begin this morning. We're gonna start out this morning by just giving an offering to the Lord. And this offering is gonna be our hand clap of praise and the fruit of our lips. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Find a way to thank him right now for everything he's done for you, everything he's done this week, everything he's gonna do the next week, what he's gonna do in this service this morning. In the name of Jesus, have you come with expectation? today? Have you come believing? Have you come with faith in the name of Jesus? I'm here to tell you if you're here with faith this morning, you're not going to be disappointed because he will not disappoint us. Come on, let's worship him one more time. Give him praise, honor, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. It's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful series we're going to be starting uh, a new series next Sunday. I believe in just a couple of weeks, Martin Buster is going to be here with us. I believe on the 16th, that'd be a great, uh, a great uh, service to look forward to. He always blesses his church tremendously. A lot of good things are going on. And so I fell into this this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about the power of the Spirit. The, uh, I'm not going to get into the importance of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the power of the Spirit, what the Spirit wants to do in your life, what God wants to do in your life. And if you're here this morning, if you're under the sound of my voice, you're not here by accident, you may have come uh, kicking and, and, uh, uh, and not wanting to come the whole way, but you are here, and it's the will of God that you're here, and God has something for you in this service. Did you hear me? I said God has something for you in this service today. So you don't have to leave here the way you came. Talking about the signature of God. Now, uh, when, when you look at a masterpiece, when you start talking about paintings, and that's something I am totally, uh, that is totally out of my category. I guess I could observe and I can see the beauty, and I see also sometimes the wonder and the why in paintings. But if you'll notice, every artist has their own brush stroke. Amen? I mean, the Da Vinci, it, he has his own brush stroke. You can tell who painted it by looking at the brush stroke. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us to do. He's created us brand new in Christ Jesus so we can do the things that he has planned for us to do. God has plans for you. Uh, did you hear me? I said God has plans for you. Yeah, the devil has plans for you too. Who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose God's plans or the, uh, or the devil's? Now, I, I, want, I want to say this. I've said this for 30 years. I'm going to say it again. You can't let the devil ride. So if you've chosen God, you've got to get rid of the devil. Amen. You've got to stop letting him ride because if he rides, he's going to want to drive. That's just the way it is. I mean, he wants to drive. And, and he gets in the driver's seat. How many times I let him in the car with me? Oh, yeah, it won't hurt to let him ride, you know, and just give a little way to the devil. And before long, he has his whole way. Amen. And then I, I'm living in shame and sorrow because I have, I, have, uh, I have submitted to the wrong master. 
But I'm here to tell you this morning that you are unique. And let me tell you something. You are a masterpiece. Each and every person under the sound of my voice is a masterpiece. God is working on you. You're still in the process. He still has the, his brush and his, he is painting those strokes into your life. And sometimes it's not, it doesn't feel that good. Let me tell you something. God is not interested in touching your, your uh, masterpiece up. So he, you know, we get you, we get you, and you're a masterpiece. God's been working on you, but you're not completed yet. You you haven't changed yet. You hadn't been born again yet. You're not brand new. You're not a new cre creation in Christ Jesus. You're not a new creature in Christ yet. And oh, and it, there will be a time when old things are passed away. All things have become new. So God is not interested in painting a few little dots and a little slash here and making you look better. God is interested in starting with a brand new canvas and painting you anew. He wants to make you a brand new creation. And so you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Uh, you're not a finished product. God is still working on you. And you say, well, God must be finished with you, Pastor. No, he's not. He's still working. I will tell you right now, my wife can vouch to this. That he's, there's still some rough edges that needs to be rocked, knocked off. Amen. Rocked off, knocked off. Amen. I kind of messed that up this morning. But they're like rocks sticking out, and they need to be knocked off because, amen, they're catching me everywhere. There's little bitty things in your life, and we need to submit ourselves to God. So we're, we're, we're not, we're, all of us, we're not a finished product. God is still working on me. Thank God he's still working on me. But your life, your life is going to come with, with power and change. And, and not just, hey, I, I'm going to walk a different way. I, I'm just going to have a little different philosophy. And, and Chris has done a great job of preaching and talking about philosophy. And, and we don't need more philosophy. What we need is we, we need more of Jesus. We need more experience with Jesus. We need times, and I hope today when we end this, at the ending, closing of the service, we're going to have a prayer time here. We're going to have a little prayer line. If you're here this morning, you have a special need, we're going to pray for those special needs. If you're sick in your body, we're going to pray for those needs. If you need healing, whatever it is, we're going to pray for those things. You mean, Brother Nelson, you believe that we can pray and God will change the circumstance. Let me tell you what God is doing. Come on, let me tell you what God is doing. Amen. Last Sunday evening, I left the hospital, or excuse me, it was two Sunday evenings ago. Uh, now, not last, but the week before. I left the hospital on a Sunday afternoon, and one of our dear ladies, Pam, Pamela Lindsay, uh, she's there. She's been fighting cancer. She has stage four cancer, but the doctor says it's very probable and very likely that if the chemotherapy will work, that it will kill the cancer, and she will live if the chemo doesn't kill her. So we have some things to pray for, and she wasn't doing very well, and her cancer was not responding to the chemotherapy. And so when I heard that, I said, I want to, I want to pray specifically for her. So I put it over our prayer line, River City Prayer Line, and we prayed specifically for her that the chemotherapy would begin to work on the cancer so the fluid that the cancer is making would uh, would. The, the fluid, the liquid would slow down. She was putting out some four and a half to five, five and a half liters a week. 
and the doctor looked at her after doing three chemo uh, treatments saying, well, it just looks like it's, we just better pray. If it, you know, we're not going to do anything else. If it doesn't work, if the chemo doesn't work, if this fluid doesn't start slowing down. At that time, it had not slowed down. That next week, it had not slowed down. It was just, but we were, keep, we were praying. We were praying. We were praying. We were being persistent in prayer. And I had some ladies that were praying. Some of them not even here this morning. Some of them were sitting in the auditorium. This is part of that prayer line. But we kept praying. And by the end of the week, I, 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 on Friday, I got a phone call, and they said, "You wouldn't guess what, Brother Nelson? The tumor is subsiding; it's shrinking." And then a few days later, they on Monday they did a test. This past Monday, they did the test on her. She had only made one and a half liters of fluid in a week's time, where she had been making five to five and a half liters of fluid a week. That is a victory. That is a win. I don't care. Amen. The cancer may not have come completely disappeared right now but I'm telling you I'm serving a God that can that hears my prayers and he he's not a dead God he's not a figment of my imagination he's real he's real and sometimes he shows up and sometimes he shows out I love it when God shows up and shows out and I, I hope today God shows up in a tremendous way when we begin to pray. I believe, I believe that you can believe with me by faith. According to thy faith, many times Jesus said, according to thy faith, so be it unto thee. So God comes with power to do what? To change your life. To change your life. That's what I needed. When I came to God, I needed a change. I didn't need to just be redone I just or, or, or I didn't need to be just kind of worked over I needed to be new I needed to be brand new and, and God made me brand new when I, I, I say this that God did more for me in repentance than he does for most people when he fills them with the spirit because man, when I walked away from that altar that night of asking God to forgive me, it was like a ton of weight came off of me and I was, do you want to be free today? I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't care if you've been living for God for 20 years and, and you've had freedom before, but you don't feel as free as you used to feel. I believe this morning, God, I believe this. I believe this morning when, before you leave here, you can leave here free. And I'm not just saying, I'm, I, I believe this. I believe it, that you can leave here free. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 says, and, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits. He gave them power over unclean spirits. I mean, just, hey, here's the power. You got the power. I'm going to give you this power over unclean spirits and over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Sickness and diseases. I mean, you know, I, my missionary, they tell me, uh, they tell me I'm going to Myanmar this year. That's what they tell me. I've been to Mexico before. And on the mission field in Mexico in Monterey, that's not much of a, it is a, it is a mission field to us. But I, we were in a service there in the north part of uh, Monterey where there was a whole lot of gang activity. And matter of fact, the pastor said, we want to be very aware of the gang activity. He said, this church used to run over 100 people. We went that morning and there probably wasn't 15 people in that service that had something happen in the church. But there was, there was a, a guy there that wanted something from God. 
He wanted to be filled, baptized with the Spirit. And then there was a young lady and her husband that was there, and she had hurt her back. And the whole time she stood with one leg uh, kind of in a different way. And I could tell, me having back trouble, I knew she was hurting in her back. And why we made her wait uh, for me to get through preaching the entire length of the service, all the singing, she was sent just... You could tell she was hurting, and she came forth first, and, and just it wasn't anything special that we did. Actually, Chris was with us, and Daniel was with us, and, and we just prayed for her. We just touched her, laid hands on her, and immediately it wasn't anything we did. It was according to her faith, and she said, I believe that these preachers that have traveled from afar, amen, from the great country of America, amen, whether we think we're awesome or not, we are awesome people from the great country of America they come here to minister to us these great ministers and I'm like I don't know I'm not a great minister I'm just me I'm just Robert but we laid hand on her and God honored our faith and God touched her and she walked out of that service and I mean instantaneous while we prayed for her her leg went down the pain left she was healed in her body and we went on praying for people. And this young man looked very eagerly on, like, when are you going to pray for me? Hey, it's my turn. It's like there ain't but 15 people here. I can't be that far down in the line. Might be if you're in a Pentecostal service and only 15 people. Might be a couple hours. <laughs> That's just the way it happens sometimes. We're not going to keep you here a couple hours. But finally, we, we, we made our way. Daniel and Chris, I, I, don't think I, I don't think I hardly ever prayed for them. It was Daniel and Chris. They went over there and they touched this guy, started praying with him, and the power, 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 dudamus, like dynamite, like a supernatural power, moved into this, this man, the young man's very being, and he began to speak in another language that he didn't know, and joy came over his life, and he was miraculously empowered by the Spirit of God. And let me tell you something. He would, at that point, he grabbed hold of Daniel and Chris and myself, and he wouldn't let us go. He was so beside himself. Come to find out, he had been praying for the baptism. He had been believing God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for six months and had not received it. And he thought, this is my chance. These preachers, they, they got to be somebody. Little did they know we're not anybody. It, it would just God used us to increase their faith. And we walked in and prayed for them, and God did it. And we came home, guess how? On fire. On fire the next week, we come home, we start praying for people, and they just look at you. No, 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 no. They didn't always like that around. We start praying for people here at River City. We've had 20 years of praying for people, and we'll pray for people, and God will touch them, and God will heal their body and raise them up. We've seen people be healed, healed, miraculously healed of stage four cancer in their body. atheist, an atheist became a believer. My, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. But I want you to look here in Acts 1 and 8. There's one thing, and I've preached this for years, and I, I, I can't, can't preach it any other way when I touch Acts 1 and 8. He said, don't, don't go build a church. Don't go, don't, go, don't go start a Sunday school meeting. Don't you don't do anything church-wise. He said, the first thing I want you to do is go to Jerusalem. 
He said, but you will receive power when you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. You're going to be a witness. I'm going to make you a witness when the Holy Spirit, so you don't do anything. You go to Jerusalem. He tells him, go to Jerusalem, tarry until you're endued with power from on high. And we know that they go to Jerusalem and they're, they receive the power of the Spirit and God adds over 3,000 people to the church the first day. This is a gospel not of making you look better, but this is a gospel of change. I like that, change. Do you need to be changed today? Say, I've been in church 15 years. I've been in church five years, 10 years. Well, let me ask you something. Do you need some change in your life today? If you need some, my God, I feel it. I feel just a little bit of it right now, but I feel that there's going to be some change happening, some change transacted, and even some chains, not change, but chains are going to fall off of you. Amen. Shake them off into the fire. See, we allow things to, we, we allow things to bind us and, and we don't walk in freedom and we don't walk in li- all the liberty that we, it, it's, many times it's because of our nature, because of this human, humanity, this, this flesh that we put up with, but there's something about becoming a brand new creation in Christ Jesus because when you become a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, you're not just making it better, but you're brand new. Here I am. This is not the improve me. This is the new me. Amen. And I got a song for that. You know what it's, how it goes? It goes like this. Can you see the real me? Can you? Can you? Can you see the real me? Can you real? Can you really see me? Let me tell you something. That's the problem. It's when people come to church, they see too much of us and not enough of Jesus. We want to see Jesus in this place today. I want to see Jesus move in this place. I want to see Jesus feel your life. I want to see you become a, oh, he's one of them Jesus people. He's one of those Jesus freaks. Yes, it's Jesus that died for me. Yes, I'm a Jesus freak. It's all right to be excited. First Corinthians chapter two, verse three through five says, I came, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Paul said, I didn't come with you enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come to you with all these pretty words. That's what people want today. You know when people come visit the church, you know what they you know what they're doing most of the time? First thing they do is they're sitting out there going, Well, he's not good as my old preacher. Well, guess what? I ain't your old preacher. I don't want to be your old preacher. I'm me. That's him. Amen? So this, you're going to get me today. The, G, the new me. Amen. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Brand new. Listen, I didn't come to you with, uh, with precise words and enticing words of man's wisdom. But listen to what he says. But with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. I come to you with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's what we need is a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That means we walk out here and say, okay, God, first of all, we've got to create an atmosphere to where his power can actually manifest. Amen? We've got to create an atmosphere. What, what do we do when we worship God? We're creating an atmosphere. 
Do you know that there's music in heaven? There's been music in heaven for a long time. It's been, he's, music's been there so long that the chief, that the, that the choir director, he got kicked out, got cast into the earth, amen, called, yeah, you know, Lucifer. He got cast into the earth. He's jealous of what we have in the church because he used to be God's worship. Now we are God's worship on earth and he has worship in heaven, but he gets his worship from here on earth from us and that's what we're doing when we begin to sing and praise and clap our hands. We're creating an atmosphere that God can manifest himself in, that God can show up in because I guarantee you this, I'll get you to clap your hands and, and we're going to go there one day. We're not, you're not quite there yet, but we've been there before. Well, there, there is a place in God. And you say, why is it the clapping of the hands? Well, Brother Jeff Ferris preached a message about something happens when we clap. Could it be in the atmosphere, in the spiritual realm, that every time our hands come together and that clapping sound, that there is something that is dispersed from us that, that actually repels the demons off of us and away from us? See, first of all, if you don't believe, more people believe in the devil than they do in Jesus. More people, there's more people have faith in the devil than they do in Jesus. Because you see his work every day. But when Jesus shows up, let me tell you something. He's just not going to, oh, I'm going to make you, I'm going to put some little dots on you and put a little slash here. I'm going to put a little bow tie on you. You're going to make that picture look good. No, he said, I'm going to take a brand new canvas and I'm going to start making you from a new and I'm going to make you brand new and I'm going to put some things in you that wasn't in you before. Wow. My God. Listen, a demonstration of the Spirit and the power so that your faith might not rest in the man's wisdom, but on God's power. Our faith must rest on God's power. Ephesians 1 and 17, he says, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Uh, watch this, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. How can, my, how can the eyes of my heart be enlightened? Through the power of the Spirit. Through the power of the Spirit, I, I see spiritual things. Amen. I can partake of, of spiritual things. Maybe enlightened in order that you may be, know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Watch this. Did you hear what I said? That same power that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, that same power wants to come into your life and change you. I want you to listen. This is a statement I wrote down right here. The same power it took to get Jesus out of the grave is the same power this is going to take to save your soul. 
See, our problem is, is we want an analytical Jesus. We want to massage our brains and know everything brain-wise about him. Amen. We want a lot of head knowledge. We want all the knowledge we can get, but we have no heart knowledge. We have no experience knowledge. And what I need is I need to be in the presence of Jesus so he can touch me and he can mold me and change me and make me and shape me into what he wants me to be. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Ephesians 1 and 17. I keep asking the Lord, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, he may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, uh, or okay, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order, uh, that you may know what is the hope which you have been called. He's going to enlighten you so you're going to know what your hope is. He's going to enlighten you so he, you can know what your He wants to fill you with his spirit so you can find purpose in your life. Because within, within yourself, without his spirit, you're never going to find that purpose. See, you've been looking for something that you can't find because you ain't got what it takes to look for it. That's what's wrong with the Christian world. They think they have something that they don't have. been rendered powerless and what America what this earth yearns for right now is give me a give me somebody that's got some power give me somebody that has somebody uh, that has something that that the other ones don't have I want to I want to experience the power of God the holy people and his his incomparable power for us who believe that the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That's what it took. Okay, there's higher heights for us to go. We got higher heights. We got deeper depths. We got some ways. We got some things God's called us to do that within ourselves we can't do. It's going to take supernatural assistance for it to happen. Amen? What do you mean? I mean, we can pray. We've been, we just went through 21 days of prayer and fasting. We can pray for 21 days. God is answering prayers. We need to continue to pray. Petition God. Say, Lord, and we need to petition him. We need to tell him exactly what you want. Amen. You might pray amiss. You might be asking for some things that God's not going to let you have. Sometimes God doesn't say, okay, I'll give them to you. I'll give you anything you want. Oh, I want to win the lotto. I want this, I want that, I want that. You want heaven on earth. Well, this is, you're not going to get heaven on earth on this side because you can't have it here. It's not here. You get a little taste of it. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the earnest of the inheritance. It's just a little taste of heaven. Okay, so John 14. Listen to what John says. This is, this is the book. This is where it starts off that uh, in my father's house there's many mansions were not so I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And he's, and, and matter of fact, one of them, Philip said, well, show us the Father and it will suffice us. And, and Jesus said, have I been so long with you and you still don't know me? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because the Father is spirit. And the Bible says no man has seen spirit at any time so nobody's seen the father amen that's what the scripture says so we got spirit son spirit right because the father's spirit and and he's petitions the father and and what's this he says 
in, in this scripture, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I am doing, have, have been doing, and he will even do greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may be uh, that bring glory to the Father. We're going to bring glory to the Father through the Son that you may ask uh, me for anything in my name and I will do it. I will do it. Now, I, 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 have, I have been just amazed at this verse of Scripture that we read this all the time and, and, and we just, well, yes, yeah, in the book it says that. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, praying for somebody and they, you go to pray for somebody and say, well, Lord, if it's your will, God, you'll heal them. You know what you're saying when you do that? You know, I've heard, well, if it's God's will, he'll heal them. Why do we approach prayer like that? Why do we do that? Why don't we say, I believe God's going to heal them. So, well, God hadn't healed them. You pray for them, God. Well, I believe he's still going to heal them. But when we say that, well, if it's God's will, what we're actually saying is we'll pray, but I really don't believe God's going to do it. See, some of you right now, you're stuck in a place of unbelief. You're stuck in a place of doubt, disbelief. You need to step over that. You need to rebuke that. You need to say, get thee behind me, Satan. And you need to put that behind you and out of your mind. And you need to get your focus on Jesus and your eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, lead me, guide me, direct my steps. He says, greater things because I go to the Father. And I will go and, and I will do whatsoever you ask in my name. Oh, and he said, You may ask whatever anything in my name, and I will do it. Let's be the church that looks to Jesus. Real Jesus. Not just an analytical Jesus that I can take. I can take my analytical Jesus. I'm going to study what the preacher preached this week. I'm going to go home and study it. I'm going I'm to dissect this. I'm going to go over it front and backwards, and I'm still going to come to church next week frustrated. You know why? Because they have, they, have, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They literally don't have. It's all right. We can talk in tongues this morning. Come on, stand up and clap your hands to the Lord. Come the power just for a moment Jesus touch me Lord flow move God hallelujah and let me tell you something one of the easiest things to do is when you get in the presence of Jesus one of the most natural things you're going to do is begin to speak in other tongues not me what Exactly, according to your faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to get it, honey. You're not going to experience it. But I'm going to tell you, if you're like me and say, God, touch me, flow, move, God. Baptize me, Lord. Move in my life. I need your power. I need, you can be seated. We're going to go fast. When praying for a miracle, you got this blind beggar. Here they are. Here they are in Luke chapter 18. 
picking up with verse 35. And Jesus approached Jericho. A blind beggar was, uh, was sitting beside the road when he heard the noise of a crowd going past. He asked what was happening, and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was going by. So he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He said, be, the crowd said, be quiet. Be quiet. The people in front of them yelled. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered the men to be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, what do you want me to do? I believe Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? I'll do it if you'll just ask. If you'll be faithful, if you'll be a servant, if you'll surrender to me, I That's the problem. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to surrender. We, we always hold something back. Just one little thing, just hold it back. God, you can't touch that. You can't have that. God, you can't touch that. That's mine. That's special. And the Lord's the whole time said, I want to deliver you from that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that from you. I'm going to deliver you from it. And you said, no, Lord, don't deliver, don't deliver me from that. Because if I, yeah, if you deliver me from that, Lord, I, Amen. You deliver me from my disability. I might have to go get a job. I seen that one time. We were praying for a woman to get her sight. She was blind. And she said, if I, if I get my sight, I have to get a job. And I said, well, so be it. You ain't going to get your sight because you don't want to work, do you? And guess what? She's still blind. She's still blind. I believe she can be healed. I believe the eyes can be opened. I believe that. Oh, I don't. My God. My God. It ain't going to do me no good to pray for you if you don't believe it also. Because when we pray, we're agreeing. When I touch you, I'm actually agreeing with you. Amen. We're two or three touching one thing, agreeing. Let it be done. Amen. So when I touch you, I'm agreeing with you. And if you're not agreeing with me, that means you're agreeing against me. Or you're working against me. I don't work against me because I'm trying to work with. We say, well, I thought Jesus was so powerful. Yes, he is. He is. He can do anything he wants to. But you know what he does? He is a gentleman. And he does allow you to have your own will. And he does allow you to make your own decisions. And he does allow you to make the change if you want to change. But they were praying for and this and, and this blind Bartimaeus, I believe, was it? He cried. He started hollering, Jesus, thou son of David, Jesus. They said, shh, hush, hush, hush. Oh, hey, Jesus, 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 hear me, Lord. Jesus, over here. And Jesus said, man, i got to go over to that guy. All these other people around here. Huh? Hey, oh, praise the Lord. Isn't that crazy one? There's one crazy one over there going, Jesus! Here comes Robert Nelson through the crowd. Jesus! Jesus, our pastor, he's going to the front. Jesus! Well, what would you do if you knew? What would you do if you were, if you, if someone 
come to you and say, you're, you're going to be dead in five weeks. Nobody's done me like, I don't, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Somebody says, oh, you, you got stage four this, you got this, that, the, you're going to die, that's what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen to you. It don't have to be like that. Why do you let people speak into your life? I just feel that. You let too many people speak into your life that you shouldn't let speak into your life. I had somebody give me a phone call. I got a phone call not long ago. A preacher that I'm not in fellowship with. He said, well, he left me a message. He said, well, praise the Lord, brother. I have a, I had a dream about you. I want you to call me. I'm going to tell you this dream. I'm like, I ain't calling you, dude. Because I ain't letting you speak nothing over me. Did you hear me? You're not going to speak nothing over me. You're not going to speak some negative over me because I believe that my God can do anything and I believe that my God is not through with River City. He's not through with you. He's not through with this church. He's just beginning. It's going to be the second hundred years. He's going to do a miracle. So be patient. Be, be passionate. Be passionate and be patient. Amen. It doesn't hurt to get loud. And worship is real. Hallelujah. If you don't forget any, if you don't remember anything else, you're going to remember this. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God is real. Listen, so we had to be passionate. Listen to what Jeremiah 29 and 13 says. God says you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You're going to find me when you search for me for, with all of your heart. Not half, not 90%, not going, well, I got this over here. Hey, praise the Lord. No, it, it doesn't work like that. He wants every, he wants you to be totally surrendered. Totally surrendered. Totally surrendered. So the second thing it's going to take is going to take persistence. That means pray every day. Pray every day. You know, there was, a, there was a lady that came to the unjust judge, and finally the unjust judge said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give it to you what you want. I'm going to give you what you've asked for because you, you come every day, and you're driving me crazy. And the only way I know to get rid of you is to give you what you want. And so today, woman, you're getting what you want. Sometimes God acts like the unjust judge to us, and we're saying, Lord, I want this. Lord, I want my healing. Lord, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Been coming to church for six months, wanting my healing, and you hadn't done it yet. But guess what? The, the, I, you know, what, what do you do when the prayer line doesn't work? When somebody prays for you and God doesn't answer, let me tell you what you do. The next Sunday that rolls around, you get your little self up out of the pew, march back down to the front of that church, and let them preachers anoint you and pray for you again. Let that church anoint you and pray for you again because it's not going to hurt you, honey. It's not going to hurt you because God, God is not a puppet on a string. He don't do just everything we ask him to do. and He doesn't do things the way we want him to do them. But if we'll be persistent in, pray, in prayer, see, the Bible says, who cried out to him day and night. This woman cried out to him day and night. She's crying. I mean, she had a need. And I'll tell you what, some people got to praying for Pram last week, and God said, okay, I hear you. That chemo's got to work. I mean, they didn't give her no more chemo. The chemo was in her body. God just reached in and okay, it's working. Amen. The fluid ceased. The tumor's shrinking. 
you know, if you go over to Pam's today and say, well, Pam, we, we want to pray for you. I'm sure she'd say, well, you know, we prayed last week. You know what Pam would be saying? Oh, yeah, brother. Brother Nelson, no, she wouldn't tell you, oh, yeah. She, no, she, you said prayer, she's already praying. She's already talking to God. And it's easy to pray for somebody that's already talking to God. It's easy to pray for somebody that's very connected to God. You just jump in there and grab with them. Amen. You grab a hold of them and say, okay, God, you know what her need is. Supply the need, Lord. Well, I want to see this one raise up because a couple of weeks ago, I thought we'd have done had her funeral. Yes, sir. My wife seen her that day. Didn't you see her that Sunday? I didn't think we was going to see her again live. But my, my, my. I saw most something shout the victory over. Something like that happened. The third thing is you got to be precise. You know what that judge said? This woman is wearing me out. She is wearing me out. But be precise. James 4 and 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. I want our musicians to come. You do not ask because you do not. You don't have because you don't ask God. You know what I ask for? Souls. Give us souls. God, give us souls. Give us souls. Lord, give me souls lest we die. So be precise in your prayer. Be And number four, be positive. Uh, Mark 11 and 24, Therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. It will be. It didn't say it was. It says will be, future tense. It will be yours. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Man, this has been an awesome service. I might have I messed this up so bad, but, man, there's so much power and anointing in this place. Woo, hallelujah. Sister Sherry, you could, cut this, you could cut this like a pie and take some of it home with you. Amen. I love to preach when it's like this because it's not, it's not work, honey. This is pure joy because this is the anointing. It's just Jesus in this house. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. And be praiseful. Start praising him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't it crazy that you can just say hallelujah and that's the highest word of praise on the face of the earth and it's a word that's universal whether it's said in Japanese, Chinese, Japanese, I don't know. Hey, it's the same word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you begin to say hallelujah, you know, I've challenged people before. I've taken it to the church before, and I said, I guarantee you, you can't. If your heart, if you put your heart into it, you, you can't lift your hands and start saying hallelujah. You can't say it ten times without having some kind of spiritual response in you. Something, now I want you to listen to me. You may not receive all of what God wants you to have today, but you're going to receive a portion. You're going to receive a piece of what God has for you. Sometimes he doesn't give it to you all at one time. He didn't give it to me all at one time. You know what? I was a spoiled kid. Robert Nelson, I was a spoiled kid. As a baby of the family, my mama spoiled me rotten. From the time I was in the fourth grade, she was dying. So she said, there's one thing I'm going to make about my baby. I'm going to make sure he has some things that he wants in his life. So she spoiled me. So I was raised a spoiled kid. Amen? Had pretty much everything I wanted. But when I came to God, God, you all seen what I had when I came to God. 
I had a pickup. It's a wonder Cindy even rode with me. No air conditioner. 73 Chevrolet pickup, avocado green and white. Man, wouldn't that be a fancy one to have today? That square front end. I'd come pick her up in that thing, and, and sometimes we'd be going down the road, and it would shift in the second gear, and, and it, I had a problem with the rear end, and it would throw the uh, U-joint out. I had to stop put the U-joint back in. <laughs> Say, how you doing there, boy? Have everything you want. You ain't got nothing now, do you? You're right, and that's right. God had me right where Ooh, he wanted me. Yeah, he had me right where he wanted me. Because I couldn't do nothing about it, hardly. I, didn't have, I wasn't making enough money to fix it the way it ought to be fixed. I wasn't getting everything from him I wanted, but he was just giving me enough to keep me coming back. And I kept coming and kept seeking. Oh, man. And then, then one Sunday night, last night of a four-day revival, my pastor, Brother Gladden, was preaching his own revival. We were having church. Sunday night, I said, I am not going to be, I'm not going to be denied the Spirit tonight. Tonight, I'm going to get the Holy Spirit. I'm going to experience that, what they're talking about. Year and a half, I'd been going to church, coming back every, not just every Sunday, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every revival service. But that night, I walked up to the front and prayed and prayed quite a while, and they done stopped praying with me. Y'all know what I mean? Around Pentecostal church, when you got somebody praying to receive the Spirit, and they hadn't received it after about a year and a half, you just stop praying with them because you give up on them. But there was one guy come over and prayed for me, and after we prayed, the Holy Ghost fell on me, and I spoke in tongues just a little bit, and it set my soul on fire. My God, it set me on fire. Ooh, hallelujah. And I went, my God, oh, is this what it's like? Is this what it's like? My God. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory, and only the half has ever been told. The power of God took up his abode in my life, and he's led me. He's guided me. He's directed my steps. All these years, some 34 years later, I'm still here. Oh, no, not 34 now. My God, it's almost 40. 22, it'll be 40. I need to start doing some arithmetic. This is the question. Do you want change today? Do you want change in your life? Let's stand. Do you want change in your life? Then I'm going to invite you right now. Come on. You want change in your life? You want God to change something in you today? Hallelujah. Do you need healing in your body today? Do you need saving? Do you need salvation today? There's salvation here today for you. God is here. Hallelujah. the name of Jesus God. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To find out more about River City, find us at myrivercity.church or at River City Waco on social media.